0: Welcome back to Everything is Public Health. I'm MJ.
1: And I'm Cass.
0: First, before we dive into the topic, as of recording today, we recently hit our 1,000 download mark. So yay! Yay! First of all, thank you, everyone. Thank you, all listeners. This is huge for a podcast with essentially no budget or as more accurately negative budget because we spend money yeah. on this.
1: <laughs> we we got to spend money to make money. Right. Okay?
0: Uh, and so we're not making any, <laughs> no. but You know,
1: you got you to you spend it. first.
0: Yeah. But thank you so much. This has been incredible. Like I've for an indie podcast like this is huge, huge numbers for an indie podcast. So thank you, everyone, for listening uh, to support us. The best way to support us is to spread the word. Like when more people know about the show, that is the best support that we can get.
1: Absolutely. So if you like an episode, tweet it out, put it out on Instagram. Or just tell your friends. If you are a TikToker. I don't.
0: I'm not a TikToker. <laughs>
1: I don't do that. But like, if, you know, TikTok yourself listening to the episode and laughing because we're so <laughs> hilarious, just all help spread the word.
0: Sure. You know, tell your friends, tell your family. But uh, that is. I think right now the best way to support us is just spread the word about the show. Again, thank you so much to all the listeners. 1000 is a huge milestone in such a short amount of time, too, for, for indie podcasts like us. So thank you. Woot woot. All right. Now, let's get into the topic of the show. So do you consider yourself outdoorsy?
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Camping, backpacking, stuff like that? Yep.
1: I grew up a lot of camping, a lot of fishing. You know, we talked about chewing on lead, fishing weights in a prior episode, lots of time outside. We do it with the kids too, although less lately because they're grumpy teenagers and don't want to be outside. Well, you know. Also COVID. Camping is good in COVID. You just go outside and you don't see other people. Yeah, definitely grew up a lot of fishing, camping, hiking, hunting, all that kind of stuff.
0: What's the the most disconnected from civilization you have been?
1: So my dad owned some property in Eastern Washington State, and it's like in the middle of nowhere. And so we would drive for, I don't know, it was at least an hour and a half from the nearest town, which was like Omak, Washington. But you like got to drive out. I mean, there are, there are other people around, but like the biggest town is a, a little bit away. At least this is my recollection. It's been a while since I've been there. So it could have, you know, metropolized since then. But no, so we would go out for several days. We had to bring everything with us, enough food and water and supplies and all that to make it four or five days out.
0: This is, I'm imagining like completely no electricity, no water type of stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. No, we sometimes would have a little generator if we needed to run something. But mostly we had propane, lanterns, campfires,
0: How do you get your water?
1: We'd have to bring it in.
0: Like a huge...
1: Like jugs. Oh, okay. Yeah, like a big... Not like gallon jugs, but like big, you know, multiple gallon jugs. Oh,
0: like those Gatorade?
1: Yeah. Yeah, because that was all we had for the whole time. So we need to make sure we had enough.
0: Yeah. I went on a one-night backpacking trip. And obviously, when you're backpacking, you don't really have access to to water. I mean, you could bring filter system, but we thought it was one night. So we just bring our own water. And two things. One, water is very heavy.
1: It is very heavy.
0: It is... (laughs) To bring enough water for you for one day for both eating, drinking, and cleaning, that's like what, half of your pack possibly, uh, depending on how much water you use. Maybe not half your pack, but water is very heavy and-
1: yeah. It's a lot. It's definitely a necessity to carry a filtration kit.
0: Yeah. And I am not a super outdoorsy person. I love nature, but I'm not super outdoorsy. And having like two days without running water, like I almost went insane. (laughs) (laughs) And because I'm very much an indoorsy, a very sheltered city kid. And
1: all right so when the zombie apocalypse comes you're gonna be among the first to uh yes to become a zombie i
0: will probably okay. stand in front and say, zombie take me oh i'm not gonna resist oh that's terrible how many i mean, I, just, I don't i don't that's... have the will to live
1: oh okay well we <laughs> should we should have a whole separate situation. conversation about that we have a whole plan this is this is not part of the episode but <laughs> we have a whole plan for how we're gonna survive the zombie apocalypse so
0: my plan is to find some narcotics and just like end my life peacefully that's my plan <laughs>
1: Again, okay. This Maybe is too this, much. this took a very dark turn. We may <laughs> yeah, need to okay. edit this part out of the episode, but at a minimum well, we should find a time to chat offline about your <laughs> lack of a will to live, MJ.
0: This is the Gen Z in me. But anyway, uh running water is something that, <laughs> I'm what? sorry. Was that pivot too hard?
1: <laughs> no, I just <laughs> I just that was that was uh That was not the turn that I thought that would take when I made my zombie apocalypse joke, so... Sorry about that. Moving on. Running water.
0: But yeah, like, I think that was an experience that... And I'm pretty sure, unless people go, like, camping or backpacking often, like, people don't really give a second thought to running water. They just assume it's there. And, yeah, like, it's something that I think a lot of us take for granted. Like, for example, how often do you use water on a typical day?
1: Um, Well, let's see. I wake up, you know, use the restroom, wash my hands, all that kind of stuff, make coffee multiple times in the morning, pour myself a glass of water to drink, pour water for the dog and the cat, probably make more coffee, I would imagine, later in the morning. And then, you know, anytime I would use the restroom, obviously, um, showering, I forgot to mention showering, I I don't know.
0: So many times.
1: Ballpark estimate, like a 100 times a day, I probably use running water.
0: Yeah. And then water is not just like tap water, drinking water. This is also like cleaning water and plumbing too. Plumbing is also water. We don't think about plumbing as water, but yeah, we use clean water for flushing our waste. And I'm at a point in my life where I cannot imagine life without running water or without indoor plumbing.
1: Yeah, I mean, at any time people are like, oh, it'd be so great to, you know, go back in time to X, Y, and Z.
0: Absolutely not. <laughs>
1: time. And I'm like, do you know how many people died from waterborne illnesses or people don't have running water? They don't have indoor blood. That sounds awful. I don't want to use the bathroom in a pot that someone then has to go empty out. That sounds awful. Or to be the person who has to empty the pot, like having worked as a nurse's aide in a nursing home in a hospital and and done that, like that is not a, a time I want to go back to. Nope, no chamber pots.
0: Not pleasant. And without running water, people resort to standing water, which has its own host of issues because anytime water is not flowing. Stagnant. Anything that gets in there can sort of just like fester. Gross. In the water and uh, eventually it becomes a little dangerous. But yeah, so running water has been a huge part of all of our lives. And then I think it's good to reiterate how much running water impacts health and how much running water is public health because, well, first of all, a big part of public health is sanitation. And without running water, a lot of our daily sanitary needs just cannot be executed properly, right? I'm not talking about like brushing your teeth. You could brush your teeth with like standing water as long as it's clean, but I'm talking about like plumbing and mostly plumbing, right? If you don't have indoor plumbing, that sewage has to go somewhere. And where does it go if you don't have indoor plumbing? Well, it typically just goes to like in some communities where they're not connected to the sewage network. It could just like, I don't know, go to your backyard and it will contaminate the surface water in the community because the sewage has to go somewhere or it goes to like a nearby river and that obviously issues there. Right, not good. Not good. So let's bring back something that we did in the beginning of our show. Wanted to first your episode. Quiz time.
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Ready? Wait, wait, wait. Let me let me sip some coffee so I can make sure my brain is primed. Ah. Yeah, I'm good.
0: Number of Americans without indoor plumbing?
1: Um, A half a million. I don't know.
0: You're you are spot on. Oh, seriously? Did you read the script ahead of time? No. <laughs> okay. No, I just... Half a million Americans do not have access to indoor plumbing.
1: I mean, it had to be enough that it was like, a problem. wow, yeah. that's a shocking number, but also not so much that everyone would know about it. Right. That's why, I don't know, half a million sort of seemed like the sweet spot. Yeah.
0: I mean, this is shocking to me because we we're talking about a really wealthy country, relatively, I guess, or I mean, I guess still a pretty wealthy country. I mean,
1: we're pretty wealthy. Really.
0: Yeah. But half a million Americans have no access to proper indoor plumbing. And where do you think these people are? Like, if you think of people without indoor plumbing, where do you think they're located?
1: Well, I feel like it wouldn't be as dramatic if they weren't, like, sometimes in at least like suburban areas or i don't know just i'm trying to um (laughs) scientifically deduce right where these people might be based on the question that you're asking so i would guess there's sometimes they have to be in urban areas too that is in addition to rural
0: correct so obviously there are a lot of (laughs) a lot of rural areas without indoor plumbing but uh, a lot of these americans without indoor plumbing are in cities San Francisco has about almost one percent of its population have no access to indoor plumbing oh wow San Francisco like one of the richest cities in the world have this issue and a lot of them are renters and a lot of them live in uh, properties where the indoor plumbing is inadequate so what I, what I mean is they have toilets the toilet may not flush well or the toilet may not be working all the time or they may have like water outages on a frequent basis. So where the resident in these buildings, they have to resort to things like chamber pots because the toilet is simply just not consistent enough for them to use. So wow. half a million Americans without indoor plumbing, some of them, a big chunk of them are in cities like San Francisco. Next question. Number of Americans without access to running water, and basic indoor plumbing. So this includes the half a million we have before, but this is without access to running water.
1: Um 4 million.
0: Uh not that far off 2 million. So Okay, well. Still, a lot of Americans without access to running water, and this is what I mean when I say they pretty much don't have tap water. They might have to go to a community source or they might have to buy their water, but this is these are Americans without water pipes coming into their home and delivering like clean potable water. 2 million Americans. Again, in America. One of the wealthiest country in the nation, one of the wealthiest country in the world have, (laughs) (laughs) I said nation, two million Americans have limited access to running water and no basic indoor plumbing. And you think about these numbers, and obviously these are shocking numbers when we think of, because water to most of us are just something that we just don't even think about. Like we just assume.
1: take it for granted.
0: Yeah, we take it for granted. We just assume that a house that we rent have proper plumbing and proper running water and indoor plumbing. But 2 million Americans do not have access to that. Now, when it comes to public health, there's one thing to not have access to water and one thing to not have access to indoor plumbing. It's another thing to say, do you have access to safe drinking water?
1: Oh, yeah, because you could have access to water, but if it's contaminated with something or not properly sort of meeting the criteria that EPA sets up for safe water, then you could be potentially more harmed because you're using water, maybe assuming that it's safe, as opposed to knowing you don't have water and then buying something that is better quality.
0: Right. So when you think of this, the hallmark case I we think of is? Flint, Michigan. Flint, Michigan. And I think it's one of the points I want to highlight in this episode is that Flint, Michigan is not an outlier by any means in terms of a lot of American cities, a lot of American or rural communities. They are experiencing the water that Flint, Michigan essentially is experiencing I didn't look into this, but I was hoping that maybe you would know. Do you know why Flint got the explosive media coverage that he did?
1: I think because there were so many denials about what was going on. I see. And the pediatrician kept reporting that there were these issues and- because people sort of kept brushing it off or denying it, I think eventually it just the coverage
0: exploded. So, this pediatrician that you're talking about, her name is Doctor Mona. Oh, I'm sorry if I butcher your name. Apologies. Her name is Doctor Mona Hannah Atisha, and she was the one that she was the one that was like being very vocal about this, and there was a lot of cover up. Right, but uh, Flint, Michigan, is by far not the first cities to experience this, and will not be the last.
1: No, I was actually so. The county where my kids are in school, they did lead testing in the water and a lot of the schools, the water had unsafe, you know.
0: Any level is unsafe, I guess, right? (laughs) Yeah. There's
1: no there's no safe level of lead, right, but like really unsafe levels of lead. And my son, when he was still in middle school, they just turned off the taps. To the entire school. Kids couldn't Yeah. So like they'd use the restroom and they wouldn't have water to wash their hands. (laughs) because the water like they just were trying to figure out how to address the lead in water and so they just didn't have I'm not I'm not joking there was no running water in at least in the boys bathroom where my son went to middle school so
0: Can you absorb lead through your skin?
1: I don't think so but they didn't want people drinking the water from the tap.
0: Okay. Well, just tell people not to drink it. You still need to wash your hands.
1: I'm sorry, these are middle schoolers.
0: Okay, you know what? I take all that statement back. <laughs> Yeah, you can't really control what they do. But I, <laughs> I
1: think the takeaway here is that, like, Flint is not a rarity. No. It's not an outlier. It's not a unique experience. People in city leadership made choices that were intended to save them money mm-hmm. and ended up putting their population at substantial risk because of the lead. Exposure in the water. This is happening all over the place because we are not appropriately funding public health, right? We've talked about this so many times. People only pay attention to public health when things are wrong, when things are going wrong. And so if people had had public health at the table when they were making these decisions about their piping and and where they were going to be sourcing water from, this could have had a different impact. And I just want to do a shout out to one of our colleagues, Dr. Keisha Pollock Porter who really has been pioneering the concept of health in all policies Mm -hmm. and doing health impact assessments and ensuring that any decisions that are being made, even if they don't look like they might impact health, Mm -hmm. that people are doing this health impact assessment to look and see are there potential unintended health effects that need to be considered in this policy so that public health doesn't get left behind.
0: It's one thing to have plumbing. It's one thing to have running water like tap water. Right, Whether that water is safe or not is a totally separate issue. So if you have a water supply system that has unsafe water, that impacts a lot of people because a lot of people, typically like millions of people are are connected to the same water source. So why is water a public health problem? Well, it's because when a system like that fails, it impacts a lot of people in the community. So number of Americans with water system that violates safety rules.
1: Mm. Think Flint. I'm tr- yeah, I know. I'm trying to think of like all the different people. I would say at least one-tenth of the US population. So like th- 33 million-ish people would be my guess.
0: You're on fire. It is 30 million. So redacted. Are you?
1: Man, I should go buy (laughs) (laughs) a lottery ticket.
0: (laughs) Did did you look at this ahead of time?
1: (laughs) No, I just, uh, you know, it's getting bigger and bigger, right? Each issue that you're asking about is we're sort of a bigger exposure. But I was just thinking like, how many people live in Flint? How many people live in my county? I don't know. I would guess like 10% of the US population. Just, I don't know.
0: You spot on.
1: It was just a, it was a swag. Yeah. You know what a swag is? No. Swag? Scientific wild Redacted. guess. There's some <laughs> some critical thinking that goes behind it, and maybe a little bit of sort of reasoning things out. But otherwise, I'm just making
0: up. <laughs> but you were spot on. Thirty million, or a little under a tenth of Americans, to have no access to safe drinking water, or in other words, their water system violates safety rules set by the EPA, mostly, but also by other agencies. So yeah, a tenth of Americans might have stuff in their water that's potentially unsafe. Now, obviously, there's different levels of safety. So it's possible to break a few safety rules and have very little observable effects of the people living there. But still, like attempted Americans are living with water system that violates some sort of safety rules that we set. This is not some sort of like objective international rules. These are the rules that we have set for ourselves.
1: Yeah, that's crazy that so many folks may be exposed to Less than what we would expect as safe drinking water.
0: Yeah. So if you follow John Oliver, his show last week tonight, he recently did a episode about forever chemicals. So basically these chemicals that you can't really break down. It doesn't really go away.
1: Right. The, the half-life of them is just Too so crazy yeah. long that they, they'll be around forever.
0: Yeah. If they get into your body, they typically don't leave. So number of Americans who are potentially exposed to these toxic forever chemicals in their drinking water.
1: Um two hundred million.
0: This one you overshot. This is about a third. Oh. So a hundred and ten million. Okay. Americans. Potentially. The key word is is potentially. So potentially exposed. To toxic forever chemicals.
1: That's see that potentially is why I overshot. I was like, oh, that's probably like everyone, <laughs> more than half of us, right?
0: But still, a third.
1: Still, still a third is terrifying.
0: Yeah, and I highly recommend John Oliver's episode. He basically did a whole segment about how these companies, surprise, surprise, hid, deny, did everything that they could to get the spotlight away from how they knew about these chemicals, but didn't really do anything to you know clean up or stop it. And as we know from our environmental justice episode, do you think these issues are equitably spread among all Americans? Oh, hell no. <laughs> Obviously no. Um, there's a reason why most of us take running water for granted is because most of us, I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, most of us are privileged enough to or grow up or live in places that have pretty much water is just like second nature to where you live.
1: So one of the first times I really thought about water as a, potential sort of risk exposure, right? Growing up, always thought about water as being the source of life and it's so important for you and you know, not ever really thinking about the quality of water, only the importance and sort of necessity of it. Um, But there's an interesting book called The Blue Death Mm. by Dr. um, Robert Morris, The Blue Death by Dr. Robert Morris that sort of talks about the history and some of the remaining dangers that water presents. But it was actually... Even though I did my my MPH in environmental and occupational health, we didn't really talk a lot about water safety, water quality. And it was more focused on the occupational side than the environmental side. And so when I was a a doctoral student, one of my fellow doctoral students was reading this book and I was like, oh that that's interesting. What's it about? And he gave me a copy. And it was just, yeah crazy, the thing about cholera and like all the different things that are spread through water. Obviously, you know, quintessential public health, Jon Snow and the the pump handle and, you know, taking the pump handle off, you know, all that kind of stuff. But this really was the first thing that expanded my horizons in terms of the dangers that water can present, particularly if you think it's safe when it might not be. When it's be.
0: not, right. So why is this a public health issue? Uh, I don't think we really need to explain <laughs> why this is a public health issue. I think the point that I want to highlight is we oftentimes stereotypes third world countries with issues like running water issues and plumbing issues, but America has its own water crisis, like water system crisis. And this episode was a beginning to sort of expose that, but we will definitely be coming back. So a little teaser here. We'll definitely be coming back to talk about how the water system in America is built and where we get our water from and why like contaminating surfaces, ground surfaces is a bad idea for a lot of american communities because guess what, a lot of american p- communities get their water through surface water. So you could just kind of see what happens when you for example, I don't know, dump sewage on the surface.
1: Well, and this is this episode today just makes me reflect on why it's so important that we are focused on infrastructure. Yeah. Infrastructure, I think, gets the same kind of attention as public health. Mm-hmm. People don't think about infrastructure issues until redacted hits the fan. Sorry, until things go wrong, um, because you know you expect roads to be safe to drive on, and bridges to be functional, and water to be running, and elec- you know the electrical grid to be functioning. Right? We don't think about the infrastructure and all of the things that are necessary for us to be safe. Mm-hmm until something goes wrong. And I hope people will take what we've talked about in today's episode and really focus in on the kinds of infrastructure investments that we need to maintain the safety, health, and well-being of communities across the country.
0: As for solutions, we always come back to this, vote. Vote. Vote with your ballot and vote with your money. Actually, I don't know how you could vote with your money. Water is kind of like utility, but anyway...
1: (laughs) Well, I think when we've talked about voting with money before, this I think was in the context we were talking about heat and climate change, right?
0: Yeah.
1: When you're spending money, particularly like on a big ticket item that you might be buying, look into the efforts that the companies are making. So there's a big infrastructure package Mm -hmm. in the federal government right now. A lot of companies on one hand are, well, they're coming out saying, oh, this is so important. We need to support this. But then they're part of lobbying organizations where they're actively trying to kill the legislation. And so keep an eye on what companies are doing and whether they're actually putting their money where their mouth is in terms of helping support the infrastructure development and enhancements that we need.
0: Yeah. If I get a nickel for every time a company's PR say something different to (laughs) a company's investing patterns. I'd be a millionaire by now.
1: Also, I just, hearkening back to your comment you just made about voting, November 2nd is coming up.
0: Yes, very soon.
1: November 2nd is election day, everybody, right? It's just right around the corner. Make sure you vote. This is where you may be voting for your mayor, your city council members. Some states may be voting for Um, Governors, like make sure that you're getting out and voting, even though it's like not the big fancy elections with like the presidents and whatnot, but make sure that you're getting out and voting because it's so important that you exercise your civic right and civic duty.
0: And invest in infrastructure, because when we don't, it just gets worse and worse and worse every passing year.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Everything is Public Health. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and spread the word so that more and more people can learn about everything that is public
0: health. New episodes are released every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Everything is PH or on Instagram at Everything is Public Health.
1: Send us questions or comments to Everything is Public Health at gmail.com. Reach out if you think we missed an important perspective or suggest a future episode topic. And you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Krafasi.
0: Please also give us a rating and a review on wherever you listen to your podcast. It does help us immensely. Don't forget to like, share and comment as well. If you want to support the podcast directly, we have a Patreon page and you can find the link for that in the episode description below.
1: And remember, everything is public health.
0: Everything is public health.